Hey, good morning. Scott Luton, Greg White here with you on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, how are we doing? I'm doing well. Had a little uh, camera issue just a few minutes ago, but we seem to have survived it. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, uh, it's year for the iPad. Right. It's year end, right? We're kind of one foot in holiday mode and one foot still making it happen here at Supply Chain now, engaging with all of our friends across uh, global trade and and Greg, uh, so so these kind of things can happen. Here's one thing I'm kind of expecting. I'm wonder I'm wondering if you've got a surprise coming at me from that open door just over your right shoulder. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, surprise! There's a Chiefs jersey in there. I love the it. Microphone stand. <laughs> so no band. No special guests. No, right? Okay, These are parts darn. of the studio that are not meant to be seen, but the, you know, this camera <laughs> tells well, all. We'll blame it on the you holiday mode. It? Would, it, would you feel com more comfortable? <laughs> we'll blame it on the holiday mode. Uh, Monsters so folks, Inc. is going to come out of that closet. <laughs> Monsters Inc. Great movie. Hey, so today, folks, if you can't already tell, special edition of the Supply Chain Buzz here today. So typically, as you all know, we dive into the leading news of the day, right? Some of the stories you just got to check out. And we may touch on a couple of those, but on this show here today, as we approach the end of the year and as we're deep in holiday mode, we're going to be sharing, Greg and I, some of our favorite episodes and conversations from the year that was 2021. Only 10 more days, 11 more days in what's been a really challenging but successful year for many organizations, including our team here. So buckle up and get ready because we want to hear from you as well. So Greg, any any uh, words of wisdom here on the front end? As you know, you know the shows. You and I both know some of those that we're going to walk through. How would you preface today's show? Uh, what I like, <laughs> you know, I think what we like. Yeah, I mean, it really is just some shows and some themes and some lessons and some wisdoms that we really latched onto over the last year, right? And some came from surprising places. Some. The accumulation of some as we were going over these uh, was pretty encouraging to me. You know, some Agreed. of them, so many of our favorite ap episodes had women supply chain professionals. And I and that just jumped out at me as we were kind of looking through a bunch of these episodes for things that were informative or inspiring um, throughout the year. So Agreed. not that we didn't give the guys a shot. We gave them a shot. But <laughs> well, so we actually took a shot. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Exactly. And if they didn't, they wanted their shot. Yes. Right. Greg White. Well, hey, folks, again, we got to couch this the right way. These are some of our favorites. You know, some folks joining us maybe in the skybox seats also had some wonderful episodes. It's really tough to peer down. But again, this isn't our top six list or it's not our all time favorites. It's just some of our favorites. And what struck us ones. in the moment, really? Right. right. I mean, yeah. Not, uh, not to exclude anybody because they're all a hell of a lot of fun and always informative, but just in the moment, you know, you're passing through. What did we, how many episodes did we do, Scott? Ooh, that's 100, great. 200 episodes this season, this year. And you just kind of look at one and you go, oh, yeah, that really struck it, struck me, right? You know, yes, I agree with you. Uh, that's a great question. So, Amanda or Jada. It'd be great to hear uh, two numbers, and you can guesstimate how many shows do we do for supply chain now, and then how many shows do we do across all properties. Um, so <laughs> Amanda's get, probably got that number in her head, <laughs> maybe right. <laughs> so we'll circle like back and see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but in the meantime, yeah. so uh, I want to share a couple of quick programming notes. We're going to say hello to some some dear friends that are in the sky boxes in the comments. Uh, first up, Tools Group and Optimus. We've got a webinar featuring them both on January 13th, focused on Greg, practical strategies for adapting to not just demand uncertainty, but supply uncertainty. Quite right. a balance That's, that goes on every minute of the day, right? It is. And, it, you know, for so many years in supply chain, we focused on forecasting demand and we forgot about all of the other things. We've got to forecast supply, of course, the risk. We've got to forecast that and we've got to constantly monitor those things. So more and more of these scientific tools like the group at Tools Group, scientific tools, um, more and more of those tools are coming to the fore. And and, and I know a lot of the folks at, at Tools Group or know of them anyway, I used to compete against them. And I, I wonder, it'll be interesting to have this discussion. I wonder if they feel like the last many years have been quite a slog convincing people to use technology in their supply chain. And now right. somehow the dam is broken. I feel like at, if at least not, if not broken, it's at least cracking and right. <laughs> Spring. It's, and it's really making starting to recognize technology. <laughs> it's making the beavers mad. We got to get the beavers back to work to fix these dams. Right. Um, but Hey, I love tools group motto. Be ready for anything. So join tools group and Optimus and Greg and I on January 13th, as we talk about, practical strategies which i always also love that that was deliberately right. put into the title okay so that's january 13th at three special time 3 p.m eastern time and then just a few days later we've got uh you know look i've got i've got uh jeremy bowden hammers under ruse i mean he, he is a dynamo folks i'm a big fan we're going to feature him and Shiphawk talking about adapt or die your survival guide for modern warehouse automation and uh, Greg, you've seen Jeremy in action. He brings just a little bit of passion to the table, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, and what they're doing at Shiphawk is really, it's really powerful as well. So be interesting to hear a little bit about what they're doing from a solution standpoint. Agreed. January 18th at our normal webinar time, 12 noon Eastern time to attend. You got to register for them both, but hey, good news. Unlike the rest of your holiday bills, there's no charge to join us for these webinars. So join us on the this 13th. will not add to your credit card statement. That is correct. <laughs> right. Man, uh, uh, consumers are wearing capes as we as they uh, spend us all forward, uh, getting through into the new year for sure. Spend forward. Spend forward, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I can tell what, with the way you're laughing, I bet, I bet you and Vicky both are doing your part, right? I think we're done doing our part. How about that? Oh, I love that. Um, I love that. Yeah. And I mean, we um, somehow were able to find most everything uh, that we wanted to, to give. So mm. that, Oh, we're going to get a special guest. I think maybe. Oh, <laughs> so you never know. You never know. And on that note, big thanks to Amanda and Jada and the whole team behind the scenes helping to make production happen. To that point, Greg, 252 episodes on the main channel uh, here in 2021. So 252 episodes. How about that? All without breaking a sweat. Right. That's All without breaking a sweat. Condition we're in. <laughs> well, let's say hello to a few folks before we get into some of our favorite episodes. I want to start yeah. with Eddie Brasher, who's tuned in from Memphis uh, via LinkedIn. Eddie, great to see you here today. 
Looking forward to hearing your take on some of the things we're going to be talking about. And when, yes. I, when I think of Memphis, I think a lot of people probably think of FedEx. But when I think of Memphis, only one word comes to mind. Mm. <laughs> I thought you were going to say barbecue. Um, you said, it, you, well, you said something even better. food in that town. Yes. I'm with you. Uh, NS is tuned in from Tunisia, no uh-huh. pun intended, via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Inez. Looking forward to your takes here today. Hey, Greg, Max is back with us from Mexico via LinkedIn. Remember Max? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's and he's probably much warmer than we are right now. Well, yeah. it depends. I mean, if he's in, I forget, he's not in Mexico City, correct? Monterey? I don't know. Is that right? I think you may be right. I don't. I don't think he is in Mexico City. So Max, Max tell you us straighten us up. Where that's are you? right. <laughs> um, but I don't mind. I'm I'm enjoying the departures. I'm pointing out my window uh, to colder weather here in the Atlanta area. So good stuff. Gene Pledger from there North is. Alabama is tuned in today once again via LinkedIn. Have enjoyed speaking of great episodes. He was on Supply Chain is Boring with Chris Barnes dropping some great knowledge around advancing your career with professional development and, and passing exams. So great to see you here, Gene. Kavan is back. Now, Greg, you remember Kavan has contributed much to our programming this year. Yeah. Uh, the new abnormal. He was the first person that, that I think we saw to use that phrase. Getting that PhD too. I want to know how that's going. Yep. I don't even know what that takes. I never even <laughs> contemplated getting that kind of education. So I applaud that effort. It was tough enough to get get a four year degree uh, yeah, if you're on my right. my wavelength. Some of but... us we barely made it. <laughs> That's right, Kavan. Great to see you here via LinkedIn. Looking forward to your contributions. Hey, Mark Preston, the manufacturing maven. I'll call him uh, the um, uh, gosh. I was trying to come up with a new new nickname related to continuous improvement. Think on that, Greg. But Mark is a dear friend. He's done some big things in the manufacturing space. Really, generally speaking with driving lean uh, and driving continuous improvement and pushing teams forward. So Mark, hope this finds you well. And uh, we got to catch up at some point soon. Jose Montoya is tuned in via LinkedIn. Now, Greg, have you caught any of his uh, coffee and logistics shows? I haven't, but I, I, I accepted the invite. So I get alerted. It's just, it's been a crazy, uh, crazy last time. month of the year or last couple months of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Jose is hosting, or he may be coming up soon, uh, our dear friend Bill Stankevich from Savannah. Oh, yes. Uh, great, great individual, and I'm looking forward to in that In Savannah? Are they getting together physically? I don't think so. I think oh. I think Jose is in Southern California, and I think it's oh. going to be remote. But, uh, Jose, great to see you back here today. Uh, let's see here. Shashi tuned in via LinkedIn from the UAE, where some really yeah. cool things are Remember. happening, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's all I can think about right now. I'm totally locked on the weather, Scott. Right? I'm thinking <laughs> Southern California, great. <laughs> well, here, this will unlock you off the weather. Eddie says barbecue. He's with Darn you. Darn Skippy. Yep. <laughs> so, Eddie. Barbecue, Elvis, and FedEx. <laughs> Max oh, is in Mexico City. Had, he uh, is in Mexico City, so he's feeling about the same thing. We are probably more like Denver. Yeah. Right? Think, the highest yeah. city in North America, if I recall correctly, Mexico City. Hmm, we're going to check it out and see if you're right. Uh, Panam, great to see you here via LinkedIn. Uh, sending blessings and best wishes your way as well. All right, so one final thing before we crack the lid off of this uh, unique episode of The Buzz, and that is, um, let's see here. 
about 100. So on top of the 252 episodes that we had for Supply Chain Now, we had about 100 different additional episodes across our other properties, including 13 episodes of Tequila Sunrise, Greg. Wow. Yeah, that, so that's almost an episode a day. Right. Every day of the year, right? Every 352 day. out of 365 days. <laughs> what the heck were we doing the other day? <laughs> Seriously, slacking. Uh, David, <laughs> great to see you here. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to your way. Look, always enjoy your contributions. So hope yeah. this finds you well up in Canada. Okay. Speaking of that, we should, uh, before we uh, move forward here, Peter Bole is not going to be with us here today. Peter Bole, all night and all day. And just wishing him good vibes and prayers and best wishes. He, he shared with us earlier um, uh, some some family health issues. Uh, and uh, you know, it's a tough time. It's always a tough time of year. It's even tougher when you're um, you know navigating through some of those things. So all the best to the Bole family. Okay. So on a much, much lighter note, Greg, are you ready to dive in? Yeah. All right. So let's do just that. Let's see here. I'm going to share. So this first episode that we want to dive into here today. It featured Colin Yankee, Greg, Chief Supply Chain Officer with Tractor Supply Company. Now, Greg, before I get your favorite aspect of this conversation, I should say a little background. So Tractor Supply Company is what they they call themselves the largest rural lifestyle retailer in the U.S. with 45,000 team members and almost 2,000 stores in 49 states. Man, you blink, and they have become one of the dominant players. Um, now, before I share a couple of things I loved about our conversation that you and I had with Colin, Greg, what was it? What was your favorite thing about this episode here? My favorite thing was uh, our opportunity to uh, continue to lobby that they bring back the the commercials with the little characters who talked, <laughs> like you know, uh, no. I mean, I think what's really impressive is what they've done. Coming from a farm state, uh, I'm very, and many people probably are familiar with the co-op or farm and fleet concept where you went and dumped your grain and bought your gloves and, uh, you know, and feed and all that sort of thing. And they just, they have consolidated that market into a single chain. I mean, I've worked with co-op, I've worked with fleet, fleet and farm, Mills Fleet Farm up in Wisconsin. As a matter of fact, it's one of my favorite, great place to get candy and, and a great place to go before a Packers game if it's going to rain because they give out used to, I don't know if they still do. Somebody up there may know they used to give out free, uh, like rain ponchos really before the games. If the weather was going to be terrible. Yeah. But, but it's, and it's that kind of community spirit that tractor supply has created and that they are, um, I would say commercializing efficiently by right. creating a big, uh, a big chain. And, that was really impressive from my standpoint. What do you? What about you? Uh, well, so I love how in this conversation here, Colin really simplified his role. He said, "Quote: My whole job is to make decisions about trade-offs between time, inventory, cost, and service, right across the chain." He said, "End quote." And I love you know when you can simplify it to that degree, given mm-hmm. the the breadth of the, the enterprise and what he does. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine working for him. And and to that end, I love, he also talked about um, how him, how he and his leadership team have been able to drive growth and drive innovation and drive execution on the company strategy. He said uh, they rallied the team around this. Remember stomp 
the comp phrase that he shared mm -hmm. and how really their approach to leadership and, and getting stuff done. GSD is quote, communicating their intent to the front line, communicating their intent is a phrase that they, they use there a lot. And then they kind of get out of the way and empower their team to execute. And, you know, there's a beautiful simplicity to that, that clearly is working given uh, all the things are accomplishing. And, you know, what we didn't talk about, uh, Greg, and I can't remember if it was part of that conversation or if it was, if, if it was maybe one where we were talking about tractor supply and some of our other reporting is how quickly they were able to pivot to enable, um, I want to say six weeks time and you could get curbside pickup in every yeah. single store. If I got that right. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, you know, they, they're a very organized, I mean, a very, uh, efficient organization. Um, and, and, uh, and growing fast, as you said, right. uh, I mean, they just put a store in and I, I don't live in a rural area. I live in a suburban area, but they just put a store in about eight miles from my house. And it's, it's kind of like, uh, Disneyland for, for Hicks. <laughs> I mean, I, I love it. I really do. Um, if you, you know, we if use you're that looking to get Carhartt clothes or camo, that's where to go. Right. Or yeah. Or get your propane tank filled for your, for your grill that <laughs> right. I just gave well, myself up as a propane <laughs> user for grill. Yes. Greg, you did, but you know, so we've got one, um, uh, a couple miles down the road from us here. And even during a point of time, they'll have ducks and, and baby ducks and ducklings, and chickens, mm -hmm. you know, uh, right there in the store. Um, you know, they got just about everything, including if you're a bird lover like me and you've got a bunch of bird feeders out, they've yeah. got a great selection, but Hey, they have we the use... squirrel free ones too. <laughs> see that? The ones that yeah, I did. The, the ones All right. Defend against squirrels. <laughs> Not we have derailed Scott, but right. We have derailed. Things, I, I would just say if, if you haven't been in a tractor supply store and, um, and you're near one, just go visit. I mean, it yeah. really is worth the visit. And, um, you know, to me, it's kind of a blast from the past going to the co-op or a farm and fleet, uh, store or something like that. But for other people, you get some insights into who the people are that are their customers. They're crafty, craftsy people, you know, they're hunters and fisher persons. They are, obviously in, you know, in agriculture trades, but, right. but also you get and love their animals because my gosh, half the store, it feels like is feed or food. Right. <laughs> so. so check that out. Episode yeah. 585. Again, Colin Yankee, who serves as the CSCO chief supply chain officer with yeah. tractor supply company. And one, one final thought there, I'm going to take some comments is uh, they're very passionate about one of our favorite, uh, communities. And that's a veteran community. Uh, they're uh, very active with action-based leadership on supporting and hiring and giving forward to the veterans community. So great, great organization. His okay. leadership style is, is worth uh, getting a look at as well as a point of reference for sure. Agreed. Former, former U S army officer, uh, Colin, uh, Colin Yankee. All right. Jose is so talking about Bill Stankiewicz was on his live stream last Friday. So, hey, Jose, drop the link. Uh, we're big, you know, we're big fans of yours, but also I've known Bill a long time. He's one of the nicest, most connected, smartest folks uh, that I know always gives a shirt off his back. So drop that link if you can. Yes, David, we didn't 
what were, were to Greg's question? What were we doing those other days? We weren't those knocking other out episodes. Days of the year. <laughs> we are slackers. Max confirms Mexico City. Yes, is the most elevated city in North America. Hey, one of our recent faves is back with us, Greg Lamont Hardy. Good morning from San Diego. And look at these certifications, Greg. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I know Lean Six Sigma Greenbelt is the last one there. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. It is. Uh, PMP is the project. Uh, it's probably a project management um, uh, professional certification, if I'm not mistaken. What is the MPM, Lamont? And hey, if I, if I got the. On that. Yeah. Also, if I got the. What part of San Diego that. Ah. Uh, <laughs> and hey. Are you keeping it classy, Lamont? That's right. Keeping Keep it, it classy. classy. <laughs> you know he's keeping it classy. Oh, I don't, he's wearing a he's wearing a suit. Yes, he's all dolled up. And I bet Greg, I was just like the three thousandth person to use that phrase as yeah, someone shared he uses that all the time. Right. Um, Edwards tuned in from Peru via LinkedIn. Uh, Great to see you, Edward. Uh, let's the see home here. of the pisco sour. Mm. It's the that national a, drink. Not okay, I know a lot about drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, but so, just a fun fact: in Peru and in Chile, they they serve the pisco sour both places. But there are two different styles for how you serve it, and there is quite a, arguably friendly, um, rivalry over which is the right way to do it. Really? Yeah, it's kind of like beans in Chile or no? Okay, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> Um, or, uh, what is it? Uh, celery in celery or not in, um, clam chowder. Okay. All right. Well, for those that know about clam chowder, I've seen some interviews where folks don't know what they're talking about when it comes to clam chowder, but Hey, we'll leave that for another show. I'm not even hungry, but I'm <laughs> Kavan. So get yeah. this, Greg Kavan says he just finished the first year of his PhD. He's looking forward to joining Supply Chain Now webinars more in the new year. I'm sure that first year is tough. Thanks a lot, Scott and Greg, all the SCN team members for your efforts to provide these oh, webinars. Man. Hey, Kevon. Thank you. Hey, yes, it's all about you. And I've loved, we've loved your contributions on the live streams, on the webinars. I love what you put out on social media. Clearly, you're one of those folks that get it, and it's about elevating the industry. So, Kevon, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, Eddie remembers the ducks from tractor supply company. Uh, Kavan corrects me. PMP project management professional. That's oh, the name. Okay. That's it. And then finally Lamont. Oh, uh, masters of project management, man. So he lives Scripps in Scripps ranch. Do you know that place, Greg? Yeah. How are you? Yeah. I love San Diego. It's a great town. Beautiful. Well, I'll tell you easiest place in the world to be a, a, a meteorologist. <laughs> 72 and sunny. Yep. Every day. And in June, you'll have a marine inversion until noon. And then that will be going over the mountains. That'll burn off around noon. We'll have a beautiful day. So, Lamont, clearly you are quite the project management guru. Congrats yeah. on, uh, gosh, if you get one more uh, acronym behind your name, you may be a doctor, uh, a doctor of supply chain, maybe. But, Lamont, all the best. Thanks for tuning in. Here today. Okay, Greg, we got to keep going. So, folks, today is a special episode of, of the Supply Chain Buzz. If you would indulge us, Greg and I were reminiscing and enjoying each other's company and your company with us as we walk through some of our favorite episodes here today. Now, Greg, this probably surprises nobody with this next one, which was truly a master class in leadership and yeah. supply chain 
with one of our all-time faves, Sandra McQuillan. Greg, what did you love about this one? Uh, you know, like so many people, uh, you know, I would put Sandra and probably Rick McDonald at the very top in terms of leadership, my most admired leadership styles. Um, and, and, you know, Sandra exudes that always, right? I, I, I cannot remember. I think it was, this was in the old supply chain now radio days, Scott. She said, if you want to talk supply chain, come on down. And that's pretty much the way she operates. I mean, we've had some opportunities, both you and I, to talk to her professionally and personally. And then with some of the companies that I've worked with who talked to um, her and, and some of her team, you can just see the, um, you know, the culture that she has created there for her team, right? So right. Um, it's powerful, powerful stuff. Agreed. You know, um, and I'm sorry for the zoom in there, Greg. I hit the wrong button as I was uh, trying to <laughs> change the graphics. It's okay. I look much better from across the street. <laughs> well, hey, so Sandra, um, remarkable. First off, for very important background, her company, Mondelez, is responsible for making our beloved Oreos. So enough said, right, Greg? Yeah, it's pretty important. <laughs> 54,000. I checked this out. 54,000 team members across the globe. I didn't realize Mondelez was quite that big. Um, as I mentioned, masterclass, there's not much not to love about what Sandra shared here in episode 615. Right. Um, so one of her quotes, you remember this one, Greg, quote, you can be as technically brilliant as you can be, but if you can't make it work with other people, then what's the point in quote? I love that. And then she even indulged us, Greg, if you recall, I can only imagine how tough time is on her schedule, right? So, you know, we were right at the hour point and we're like, hey, you know, we want to ask you about 10 things. What's 10 things that, that chief supply chain officers need to do yeah. to be successful? She, she, I don't think she, she missed stayed a beat. after class. She, yeah. <laughs> she stayed after class. It's true. And one of the most important things shouldn't surprise anybody, right? And that's saying no. You got to be able to say no. You got to be able to put your foot down. And whether it is um, opportunities or, or uh, projects or even, Rewards and recognition. You can't do everything because if you try to do everything, you're not going to do anything. And uh, that was one of the things that she left with us on that episode 615. So, Greg, I'm going to give you the last word about one of our favorite all-time people. Now, you know, Leaders, of course, supply chain uh, pro guru, of course, but she's one of our favorite people. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, her, her personal resilience mm -hmm. is something to be admired and um, just what she's done both to accomplish things at the companies she's worked with and to nurture and and enable additional great leaders at Mondelez is it's just so obvious when you talk with the folks that work with her. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would my suggestion would be not just 615, but listen to any episode that that Sandra is in. And you can search her in our library on on the site. Um, and just get get a taste for her not not just energy and leadership capability, but for her incredible skill as a leader and a supply chain practitioner. She knows how how to do it right, and she makes sure that that gets perpetuated through throughout her organization. Agreed, as evidenced so by I think, and I I didn't think to do it again, but as evidenced by the 
um, the Oreo aisle that I showed on a previous episode where <laughs> I probably should have panned out and showed all the other products that were empty on either side of that. But right. the, the Oreo and Mondelez products were um, completely in stock and beautifully faced by whomever worked at that Kroger store. So, Well, you know, uh, I've met Sandra in person the first time that she appeared on Supply Chain Now. And I got to tell you, Greg, it's stuck with me since then. Uh, the charisma, the, um, the, um, empathy, but also the approachability of Sandra there. When I, when I met her in person, as we conducted our first interview, she at the time she was with Kimberly Clark and you could just tell that, that she'd been there and done it. And, and, but also was very unique. So, Hey, y'all check that out. That was, uh, 615's one to Greg's point. She's appeared with us several times. And she's always just a stroke of brilliance. So let's keep driving for the sake of time. And, and everybody, we are today, a special episode of The Buzz. We're going through some some of our favorite episodes here today. Now, Greg, um, I'm a pony up here. And as you may know, I'm a huge space nerd, right? Yes. I'm fascinated with um, all things related to space, including the James Webb Telescope, which launches... I think next week in the next, in the next week or two and get this, Greg, and I will get to this episode in just a second, but um, I was watching something over the weekend. I didn't realize that the Hubble telescope is inside of, uh, of uh, moon's orbit, right? So it's, it's between from an altitude standpoint, it's between the earth and the moon. Well, the James Webb telescope, not only is it bigger, I believe than the Hubble more powerful, but also the orbit is going to be, think a million miles um out so well past the moon so wow. it's gonna be closer to everything it's looking at um it's gonna uh, many scientists are saying it's it's gonna change how we've always looked at the universe including the the origin of it all so i'm really excited about what's to come have you, have you been tracking this james webb telescope at all not on your radar Never even heard of it but that's pretty <laughs> impressive just wait Wait till the images. There's, of and is course, this NASA. I mean, um, they're you know kind of in the modern NASA way. Uh, they're they're contracting through a lot of third parties, but I think it's the Jet Propulsion um, organization. NASA was a big part of building it, and they're leaning on a lot of different um, agencies to help get it up into orbit and whatnot. Hmm. And there's like, it, yeah, and it's man, they're gonna have to be. Uh, everything they're so every scientist as part of the project is worried about once they get it up there, uh, how it's got to unfurl everything. Cause if one little thing goes wrong, there's right. no one, you know, unlike Hubble where you could get up there and, and the, those brave astronauts fixed it and changed life as we knew it and how we view the universe, that will not be an option uh, as to where it's orbiting. So anyway, I digress, folks. I told y'all. Send WD-40. <laughs> right. And duct tape. You can fix anything with those two things. Right. All right. So kidding aside, Greg, uh, you and I hosted Sherika Sanders, PhD, right. who uh, is with uh, Manor, Poly Manor Polymers. Uh, we host her for a live stream. She's been with us a couple of times. But Greg, uh, I'll go first this time. Her story, uh, her uh, story about working the on the space shuttle challenger i'm sorry space shuttle columbia disaster the investigation went into that and how they could go how they could figure out what happened and then ensure it never happens again right man that was palpable the, the feedback we were getting as she was sharing that and and how she painted that picture of 
sharing her findings with that room full of, of NASA, the, the, the extended NASA family, and how powerful, how much of an impact that had on even the families and the work family and the, the, the um, human family of those that we lost as right. part of that horrible disaster. Um, you know, she had a great quote here. She said, quote, I'm not just mixing up stuff in the lab. I'm doing things to give people hope and to encourage people to have a great impact on the world, end quote. How about that for a sense of purpose? Uh, final yeah. two, two, two other quick things. Very passionate, especially about um, mentoring others, uh, in particular women interested in STEM careers. And if you remember, Greg, one of my favorite other parts of that interview was when asked by one of our uh, Skybox members uh, from the comments about career advice. You remember, Greg, she said, do the work. It was like a mantra. Don't cut any corners. Do the work. You want to do this? Do the work. I mean, it was really a, such a really cool back and forth that we had with Sherika Sanders, PhD. But what was your favorite part about this episode? Well, I mean, I think, it, you know, it started with her family, right? I mean, that's what I thought was so really impressive. If she could kind of trace it all the way back to her relationship with her dad and how that encouraged and enabled her to do uh, a lot of what she was doing. She also did affirm to us as a rocket scientist herself, she did affirm to us that supply chain is not in fact rocket science. So, um, but I, yeah, I, I think um, when she talked about presenting the findings to the families of, of the Columbia um, crew, um, and the response that those people had and what it meant to her and that it, you know, even though she had been working on it significantly, the impact that that had on her and made her realize the kind of impact she was having um, or creating. I think just that very open, honest sharing was that was really inspirational, among all other things. I mean, when you're talking to somebody that is that much more educated and intelligent than you, there are a lot of things that you could take away. Right. It's just not a lot you can absorb because they're talking. Way up here. <laughs> You're right. Uh, in the James Webb telescope orbit. Right. Yeah. Um, but fascinating conversation. Y'all right. check we're it out. In, we're in low orbit with <laughs> Elon Musk and right. Right. Richard. Um, Branson. We can't, we can't even contemplate that orbit. We sure can't. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're not lying there. And, and I like the picture you paint. Uh, those are just a couple of our favorite things about sitting down with Sherika Sanders, PhD. So y'all check that out. That is episode 622. Now, Greg, we're moving into uh, a Tequila Sunrise, one of our favorite episodes of all time, Tequila Sunrise. Let me tee this up. And then since you were part of this, I wasn't part yep. of this conversation. I'll let you kind of walk us through. So um, Robin Greg is CEO of RoadSync. And that's, a, that's I guess you still call it a startup. Regardless, they're on the move, early stage yep. company. They focus on simplifying payments across supply chain, especially logistics payments, you know, be it at the dock door or over the road. Right. And I'll tell you, she was brilliant. But uh, Greg, what was your take on this conversation that you had with Robin? Well, I mean, it, there were so many things. One is she was so, um, she was so, uh, what do I want to say? Ruthlessly efficient. Um, throughout this process. She understood the process of raising funding. So RoadSync is a fintech company, right? As Scott, you said, how do you get paid when you've made that delivery, 
right? And sometimes it's very formal and sometimes it's, you know, literally a scan of, of a barcode or something like that, that gets, gets you paid and they handle all of that. Um, but her uh, expertise in navigating the difficult process of, of getting to this, this was a very large funding round, about $30 million. So uh, getting to that level of funding is arguably startup, right? But it's a new stage of startup. I mean, it's a really accelerating stage of the company. And she basically wrested this company from the ashes. I mean, it had been decimated by the prior founders. She was brought in by the current investors and, and um, basically reconstituted the company and, and got it back on a growth path, got it in a good position in the marketplace and got it prepared and eligible for funding that helps is currently helping this company um, go the extra mile, if you will, uh, but get to the next level of, of, of growth and performance. So um, I don't know. I think, I think the thing that was um, at, was that, that was so interesting about it was that she was at once um, very open about being, I don't want to say fearful, maybe mindful, but, you know, understanding the position that she was, in and putting herself and the company in by raising this money, but very resolute in assuring that that she got the process done. I mean, she knew that the weight doesn't come off when you get $30 million of investment. The weight can, presses down even harder because now you have sold your vision of your company and you have to deliver against that. And she was very, very mindful of that. Yep. I think, you know, one of the things that I, and, and some of this was in this episode and some was in, in a meeting we had uh, about the episode, but she, she felt the appropriate amount of stress and obligation to the investors, you know, having been in those con types of conversations with and as an entrepreneur myself, I think she felt the appropriate amount of obligation there. So, well, so the, the what what I saw it actually I was in the skyboxes for this episode I here, that. and I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed commenting. I enjoy uh, uh, as I recall, James Malley was was bringing some sense of humor to the conversation. But what stood out to me is is how her disposition during the conversation, right, down to earth, genuine, but she wasn't faking the funk on the NASA dunk. She was bringing it. She'd been there. She'd done it. She she's in the trenches, building, driving the growth of RoadSync. Um, I loved how she talked about how she constantly sees founders overlooking their obligation to investigate uh, potential investors, right? Not doing the due diligence on right. the investors, right? Maybe they were enamored with uh, funding, maybe in their eyes. She really touted how important that is. Um, she talked about practicing her pitches. I think there was her pitches on her kids. Yep. And how tough her kids were on That's her with right. questions. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. That is right. <laughs> and then final one final thing that I picked up on. There was so much love about this conversation. Um, is when things shifted over to Zoom and you didn't have the advantage of seeing all the different feedback and body language or whatever. Um, she, one of her her best practices or teams maybe is bringing someone on the call from from her her side just to be an observer. You're picking up on the verbal feedback and the nonverbal feedback 
Um, and that was kind of their really important job through the course of the conversation. That is, that is wonderful, actionable advice. So, and, and she was full of it, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. And I mean, that's what makes this episode. This was a live episode, right? Um, she is one of the judges of Take Your Shot, our, where most, most of the time um, entrepreneurs are pitching us what's so great about their company and um, how they intend to raise money and change things in the industry. And she's been such an incredible value as a judge. And she had just raised this round and she agreed to a month later after having raised this round of funding to come back on the show and kind of share that with us. So I think that was a really, uh, that was a, a, you know, helpful and bold move. It's hugely helpful for anyone who is raising funding. Um, and, and you're right. Uh, you know, one of the takeaways, which I can't believe I forgot this. One of the takeaways is find somebody who you know well enough to have them ruthlessly evaluate your your pitch because that I mean that's somebody that cares enough to you know let you know how to do it you know how to get to your best discussion right. about the vision for your company punching the nose that's yeah. that's the punching nose with your love kids your best friends right. thinking buddies <laughs> whoever right so y'all check out Robin Gregg with Road Sync, who appeared on Tequila Sunrise. And to make things easy with each each of these episodes, we've dropped it in the comments. And you can also use the library tool at supplychainnow.com to find the episode very easily. Okay. So, Greg, we got to move right along. You know, you and I are we're talking too much. Um, <laughs> we, we always do. We, we, we experience these conversations with these wonderful people firsthand. And it's it's really easy. Uh, to going on with what they shared and and um, and and really how, how much of a blast we had with all these folks, yeah. but this next one is going to be special. And uh, and Greg, I thoroughly enjoyed the one and only, the incomparable uh, Delaney White joining you for a special episode of Tequila Sunrise. Now, let me just share, and this is not pandering. I've had a chance, of course, to work alongside the one and only Greg White. And I've had some opportunities to rub elbows in person and afar with Delaney. And I'll tell you, she is a chip off the, the, the good old block. Incredibly talented, speaks beyond her years, and does yeah. so in a way, you know, we all know probably some good, great communicators in our circles and our, in our um, networks, I guess. Man, she has got your knack for clearly communicating exactly what she wants to share and um you know chipper chipper jones you know good old brave i got my braves uh uh shirt on today chipper jones was a chip off the block which is where the nickname originated now he went on to be a hall of famer and delaney uh greg i tell you scouts uh <laughs> they're high on delaney white but i'll stop there i've got a couple of things i want to share about the episode but what what stood out to you here in your conversation with your daughter? Well, she's better than I am. She's uh, probably uh, one of those people we'll all be working for one day. I've said that <laughs> since she was a very little kid. Um, she's a voracious reader, which has made her an incredible writer and verbal communicator. And uh, you know, during uh, the pandemic or during the housing shortage exacerbated by the pandemic we got to watch her work and it is truly amazing to see. And that's what inspired this 
episodes. So at the time, she worked for a company here in Atlanta called Field Edge, um, and she wasn't looking for a job, but somebody she had worked with um, saw the potential in her. She was doing a um, lead generation job, and they thought she should be an account executive, an actual salesperson. So they dragged her away to this company called Deal, D-E-L, um, and that all happened after this episode. But during that episode, I mean, she was 100% sold out for Field Edge, as, as you can see in the episode, but also very mindful. One of the things we talked about was, you know, how do you engage Gen Z and um, kind of how she came up, like we do on so many episodes. How, you know, how did you get to where you are? And um, it was really interesting to look at it from kind of a 60 minutes perspective instead of from a dad perspective, <laughs> you know, and kind of analyze it, um, argue somewhat objectively anyway. Um, yeah. And of course, I'm very proud of her and she's done great things and she'll continue to. And I'm not kidding. We will all either wind up working for her or electing her president, something like that. Um, but um yeah it was just it was really really impressive how thoughtful how mindful how intentional um she is she has a very clear idea about what to do with her career um i mean this wasn't even that much about supply chain it was right. just mostly about her generation and about you know the things that that uh gen z and millennials are looking for in the workplace and wow I mean, when you Which look makes back it, on it, that makes how it about supply is chain, that right? Considering the job environment today, right? Agreed. All and all of that makes it about supply chain. It makes it about global business, right? Because nothing is going to happen without those talented folks from those generations on your team, right? Leading, doing, innovating. Um, so I, I'll tell you what I what I would add to this. Um, and as I mentioned, folks. These are some of our favorite, favorite interviews, favorite episodes. Um, she gave advice about chasing your passion, mm -hmm. right? And truly identifying what you want to do in life and then going after it with reckless abandoning. And she thought, she thought, I think, uh, can't remember the exact quote, but she thought law school is what she right. really wanted to do. But when she got down to it and really started examining, getting honest with herself, that's not what she wanted to do. Um, and I would argue that many other folks to generalize allow others and society to dictate their journeys in life and what they do. And so it's really refreshing. And I think it was a timely lesson to hear from Delaney who put her fate and her destiny and her journey in her own hands and made her own decisions about what she was going to do in life. And we need more. We, I would just encourage you, you know, if, if you haven't to any of our listeners, if you hadn't had a chance to really uncover your own passion with where you want to spend the rest of your life, what you want to be doing, man, listen to Delaney. Uh, Delaney. It might help you find it. Um, all right. So Greg, we could probably talk about this episode as many, many of these um, for the next several hours, but I'll give you one final word about this special tequila sunrise episode with Delaney white. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think everyone should probably interview their kids like this maybe just really objectively almost have, I'll give you the questions, you know, kind of <laughs> have an interviews process for your kids and try to do it objectively. I think you will be amazed at what you find. And frankly, it'll probably make you feel better about 
about your parenting abilities. I can tell you it did me. Um, and on, but honestly, all you do is build a platform and they build upon that. So, you know, that's the other thing you have to recognize is you just point them the right direction, um, give them some direction and they'll find their way. So I love that, Greg. That's, I mean, that's probably the most important thing that I, I took away from it is, Hey, we did. Okay. I love that. And I love your idea, your suggestion there to all parents out there, sit down and interview your kids. In fact, I'm going to do that during the break between now, you know, whatever break there is uh, between now and new year's. Uh, I've, I've done that occasionally in the past and I love that idea of revisiting that. Um, sharing a couple of comments here. Hey, this is Karai Kose, our dear friend from Gartner, who's also a great interview uh, and, and guest. He says he's on PTO, but can't stop as he corrects, uh, watching you guys with my noon tea against cold weather. Great job as always. Korai, hope this finds you well. And I hope we are going to be collaborating on something around the corner. So stay tuned. I right. He's anymore. a new adjunct professor. That's right. Well, so that, and I think that's, that's out in the public, right? I think yeah, yeah, you're yeah, speaking yeah, yeah. to yeah, that. He announced that on LinkedIn. Yeah. Right. And you're going to be, I think, addressing his students. Uh, but Greg, maybe I haven't even told you. I think we may be, maybe collaborating with Karai on another of our uh, different oh, initiatives cool. here. We'll see. Uh, but cool. Karai, hopefully you're staying warm and staying healthy and getting some good downtime um, over the break. Jose, uh, you missed that episode with Greg's daughter. Yes, we dropped the link in the comments. We'd love for you to check it out. And I also saw that you dropped the link of your conversation with Bill Stankevich, which already has occurred. You dropped that link in our comments as well. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Uh, Margo, Cargo Marco. <laughs> I love it. Oh gosh. Margo, you're gonna have to, you're gonna Man, have to Man, do you think us. your parents knew that that was what your, your calling would be when you were born? They Man. totally set that up, didn't they? Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, I'll know. Cargo Margo. They, they could have named her Tate, maybe Freight Tate uh, oh, or Tate Freight. But, uh, <laughs> but hope Good. you're all happy. What rhymes with supply chain? <laughs> a magnificent Monday. Supply chain for the win. Cargo Margo says, yeah. thanks so much for joining us via LinkedIn. Okay. So Greg. That sounds like um, a YouTube channel. I wonder if she's got a YouTube channel. <laughs> right. And Cargo Margo. Cargo Margo. Um, all right. So I think we have one, just one more episode, no, two more episodes that we're going to share really quick. And then we're going to close with some of your POV on what's going on in the ports. So we're going to try to get through all of that in the next uh, 10 minutes or so, but this was a special episode. So speaking of, of Gartner, um, which Karakose is part of, you know, we have a monthly show with our dear friend, Mike Griswold, um, one of the earliest guests on supply chain now uh, uh, at that, but Greg, he and I interviewed this gentleman here. This is Scott Mann. He's a retired army officer in green beret. And, at the time, he he was helping folks get out, navigate out of Afghanistan. So there's a couple things here. You're, you're going to have to go back and check out this episode. I got a lot of um, feedback, Greg, from folks that are outside of supply chain. Um, you know, my mother-in-law, Val Midkiff, uh, saw this and was sharing it with, with some folks in her network. I heard from uh, some of my family members. This really is a powerful testimony and very timely. Uh, Scott shared, Mr. Mann shared, this, uh, as he was talking about helping Nizam, who was one of his uh, translators when he was in country, helping to get Nizam out of Afghanistan. And, and, mm. and, you know, you can imagine the pressure 
and the timing and the immediacy of it all and the table stakes, right? Life and death. So he came up with this, hey, name it, frame it, and tame it. Uh, hashtag save Nizam. That was the, that was the, the number one, that was the mission, right? And then he talked about, and he, he was actually using a whiteboard. It's one of our few live streams where uh, we had uh, camera folks in his, where, where he was, you know, he was mapping out how they first thing, let's identify all the challenges, all the roadblocks, you know, the geography, the physical, literal roadblocks, roadblocks between where Nizam was and the airport, right? Where, where folks were jumping on planes and planes and getting out. And then he also shared um, how important really engaging your network in this case. And I may, I may get this wrong. A, Pashto, I think, is one of the dialects in Afghanistan. I said that right, Greg. Pashto. Uh, I think it's. I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. Pashto. Well, they hit, Pashto. Yeah. So, so to navigate uh, with with what language Nizam spoke and and where he had to get through to get into the airport, they had to find a Pashto speaking taxi driver, and they had him in his network. Thankfully, and then he really spoke to that when it comes to networking and and. Um, you know, uh, building those relationships, which is so, there's so much takeaway there for a supply chain. He said, quote, build trust when risk is low, mm -hmm. cash it in when it is high, end quote. I love that because that's like a version. You know, one of my favorite quotes of all time is Harvey McKay, dig your well before you're thirsty, right? right? And right. Greg, as you know, uh, with what we've seen over the last couple of years, gosh, if you did not, if you haven't invested in those relationships, if you haven't already done some of your homework, and um and and built to added to your network when something broke and relationship or supply relationship broke what did you say greg there's no um making new friends it's too late to make friends now i think we saw someone say that early on in the pandemic right if you have mistreated the you know paraphrasing here but if you've mistreated your suppliers up to this point it's too late to make friends now because you're in need right Love it. I mean, that's exactly the same sentiment that that Colonel Mann had. And that is, you know, like you said, dig your well before you're thirsty, build those relationships in times of low risk and leverage them in times of high risk. So there's uh, it's just I mean, it's funny that that needs to be said, but I guess in some cases it does. But yeah, clearly that was a very noble mission, and um, and you know the logistics. Frankly, the logistics of that exit right was substantial. Agreed. Um, oh yeah, truly. I mean, life and death. I mean, to hear him, and it's it's tough to um, it's tough to convey kind of the because this was at the height. This is this is when. Um, you know, this was back in, I want to say set, you know, late August, September, when this, when we were interviewing, uh, Colonel man and man, life and death. That's what, uh, these supply chain missions were all about. It's, it's just fascinating. I, I, I stepped away for a second, Greg, cause he's got a book and I think he's also making a movie out of some of what he did with the army. And this, the book here is uh game changers going local to defeat violent extremists. And one of the last things I'll share about that um, 
interview with Scott Mann is as a Green Beret. I, what I didn't realize, you know, I was Air Force. I was a data analyst in Air Force, not Special Forces. I didn't realize a big part of the Green Beret's overall methodology is to get in and build strong bridges with these local communities, you know, uh, being able to talk their language, being able to um, deliver what they needed so they can build these relationships to do some, you know, to, to do something greater in the bigger picture had no idea it makes a lot of sense now mm -hmm. especially to see what he was doing with uh to save nizam but that aspect of green braids operations and overall methodology was lost on me your final comment here about uh scott man i mean i think this is um it, you know it's worth hearing to make the reality of the hardship hit home yeah we saw it uh, you know, at least here in the States, we saw a lot on television. We saw a lot of for just a very short time because it, uh, it was not whatever in our nation's best interest to to really cover this. But in other countries around the world, I know it has been covered very well. But if you're from here in the States, it's worthwhile to hear what this adventure was like to get a picture of just how serious the situation is uh, over there. Yeah, so. agreed. Agreed. Uh, and transparency and uh, sunshine and, and the spotlight into these things. That, that's that's how we all get better. Right. That's how we all get better. So um, I hope we continue to review, um, especially the end of operations there and, and how all that transpired and how the certain decisions were made. So, um, all right. So on a much, much lighter note, uh, I want to keep moving here. So one of our friends, one of our favorites, uh, PVH. Patrick Van Hall. You remember old PVH, yeah, uh, Greg, right? that's right. I've uh, never really... seen him call himself PVH before. <laughs> I, I thought only we, you did that. You, <laughs> you kind of coined that, I thought. <laughs> well, I think it's cool, and I and I know yeah. Patrick's cool, and he is in the know. He's uh, part of the 09 team, 09, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and he likes something you shared here, uh, Greg. Build the platform and let them build on that when you're talking about your daughter Delaney. I think that's that's a great t-shirtism from today, Greg. <laughs> wow, I don't think I've ever coined a t-shirt before. <laughs> We've got a lot of people coined some t-shirts. Yes, we have. Uh <laughs> going back and, and and this year and even you know going back further, but I love that as well. And, and you know, I think it's important, I would argue, and just thinking out loud here, one of the operative words here is let them build it you know let them what's you know if we think about what's important to us as parents right our kids may not care anything about supply chain you know they may not care anything about you know digital media um what are their passions right help them discover that help them you know as you put it uh build that that engine that platform and then let them build on top of it so that's, that's yeah. very well said here today greg well thank you i mean it's not you know, it's not easy to do. It's easy to say it's not easy to do. I can affirm that. But um, I can tell you that, you know, um, at some point, and, and I don't remember when we started saying this, we, um, my wife and I said, look, these kids, they're fully baked now. We're not parenting now. We're coaching, right? It's more, um, and we do, we sit down and have kind of strategy sessions with them. Strategy's probably overstating it, but <laughs> But, you know, Delaney wants to be an executive, so I'm helping her navigate, you know, how to how to present things. She's kind of the cultural one of the cultural leaders of her new company. So trying to help her 
uh, position things effectively and deal with the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company, um, you know, things like that. But whatever, you know, whatever you can do to coach your kids, um, you know, ask them what they want to do or where they want to go and then give them any insight. You don't have to give them the answer. Just give them any insight to help them have something to think about as they plot their course. Love that. All right. We're going to have to have Delaney on a live stream. So Delaney, your ears may be burning quite a bit here today. Um, uh, all right. So one final episode and then Greg, you're going to have to give us kind of a reader's digest version. I got to update that term, but uh, what you, you, you shared earlier today on LinkedIn. So I had the great opportunity of interviewing one-on-one Minda Hartz, who is author of the memo and her latest book is right within had a blast with Minda. Uh, on a on a more uh, human and fun level, we both love grits, and we talked. We must have talked twenty minutes just about our our mutual love of grits. Um, <laughs> Al dente, you know, or oh gosh, we talked about uh, in particular. I remember us talking about depending on where you grow up, you may have three types of grits at your grocery store, including one of those three is instant grits, maybe two or three. And then other places where you grow up, you might have an aisle dedicated to a full grits selection. So, but anyway, I'd worked with Minda, Greg, a couple of years, um, I don't know, 18 months or so on a, on a program where she, uh, she really stood out, really stood out, thought she was exceptional. She shared this phrase, Hey, this was in the beginnings of the um, remote working, in the beginnings of the of the gl truly global pandemic, and she called out how important it is for leaders to let's make work work for everyone, and really speaking to how you know all your team members need different things, and, and perhaps compounded when you when you take it remote, right? So it was really cool to interview Minda, learn more about her journey, her fight for equity in the workplace, uh, workplace rather particularly on behalf of women of color. So at the core of all of this, uh, Greg, she shared her purpose with me and she said, quote, the why is knowing that if I continue doing this work, then I leave a better workplace than I inherited. And she also pointed out, I can't do it uh, quite as eloquently as Minda does, but she pointed out how as she was entering the workplace and inheriting that environment, it was on the shoulders of folks that had been fighting for you know what she inherited, uh, so she's very passionate about um, continuing the work that fuels that change, and and um, while also recognizing, honoring all the, uh, the the fight and the sacrifice that had taken place up to this point. So I'm not sure if you were able to catch that episode, Greg. Your quick no, thoughts? No, but I'm glad you I'm glad you raised that one because now I now I have one I need to watch. <laughs> Please. Yeah, you, you got to. Minda is yeah. a dynamo. All these individuals are dynamos, but that's why one of the reasons why they're some of our favorites. But uh, Minda, um, I tell you, she has got, uh, she's been on the move. I think Right Within is just one of about 27 projects uh, that she is currently part of. Check them out. Uh, her conversation with me is episode 770. And I think we just dropped that in the notes as well. Okay. Greg, we're three minutes over, but you know, if you ask us any, you know, th that shouldn't surprise us because what you and I can probably, I'll speak for myself, what I can talk most about are all of these is the best part of my job where I get to sit down with some of the world's most intriguing, uh, 
most exceptional, extraordinary, most capable people in the world that are out there driving change, right? I could talk about this till the cows come home. So naturally we're going to, we're going to spill over a little bit, but I get to do that sitting beside someone that fits all of that. That's the one and only Greg White. So on that note, Greg, I love when you draw folks, if you're not connected with, or at least following Greg White on LinkedIn, do yourself a huge favor and do that because he drops things like he dropped earlier today, uh, where he, he, he tells it like it is and <laughs> with, with humor, which is so important. So Greg, tell us about this, this fascinating new thing called, uh, let's see here, the information superhighway. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, so first look, uh, let me just go back to what you were saying. Think about how many people we talk to, you've talked to many, many more over the years who would otherwise be unheard or be considered just an average Joe or Jane, right? Um, that do truly have an exceptional viewpoint on the world and everyone has their own viewpoint on the world. Most of them rational. And, <laughs> and, and I think it's great that we get to deal with people who would otherwise be including us, by the way, who would otherwise be completely obscure, but are now, now because of this medium, have the ability to contribute to the greatness of the world. And I think, you know, it's really rewarding to be able to do that. And every time we do it, I think who would have ever, you know, in some of these cases, who would have ever asked to talk to these, these folks, right? I mean, um, and to get that word out to the world, not just to their profession or just a small trade show or something like that to get that world out to the word out to the world is really an honor. So mm. that said, um, yes, people do get to hear my opinion. Um, I'm going to say that they choose to, that's what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, today I was just struck. I got to tell you, Scott. So that is, that is an article that I usually comment on. And I usually spend about 10 or 20 minutes writing the summary of of whatever i've read in a particular article so i do these supply chain summaries monday wednesday and friday morning they come out if you if you follow me then you'll be alerted whenever that posts and and whenever i add the summary to it so um so today i probably wouldn't have said anything except that they said information superhighway and i thought when was that word last used <laughs> i literally had to look it up scott first used in 1978 wow um by al gore uh when he was then i think a junior senator in tennessee um and probably last used in 1992 uh, during the presidential election uh, in 1992 i and i was just stunned by the fact that this is where we are with governmental agencies that they are talking about 40 and 50 year old terms to bring themselves into up to this time in supply chain and uh it was stunning and it frankly through the entirety of from my standpoint it threw the entirety of their initiative into question immediately mm. right how could they have the right perspective if they're using terminology like that not to mention the ports are decades and decades behind in using technology and they are the cause of of this issue of the mm. issues we have with 
backups in the ports and and um, and with containers being mis misplaced and things like that. And they've always been that, mm-hmm. right? And um, this all this pandemic has done, and all this post pandemic furor around e-commerce and and imports and exports. All that has done is exacerbate a problem that has always existed in the mm. ports: inefficiency, ineffectiveness, corruption. Um, you know, lack of transparency. Um, you know, absolutely abject failure in terms of execution. And um, and it's you know it's kind of through every aspect of moving these containers. But it frankly scared the hell out of me that they would take their perspective. Right for a new data source for people in the supply chain when there one are so many data sources out there that create transparency and so many more competent people doing it. And then they would further select an organization that pretty much only does governmental projects, which um, I mean, we've seen how that goes. (laughs) Go to your local DMV, unless it's my local DMV, which is amazingly efficient. (laughs) <laughs> but I even threw the example of of this. This is the kind of thing we're going to get the USPTO.gov, right? I threw that link in there. Just try to find your own company in that. Just go to their search bar, try to find your own company. And it scared me, frankly. But still, I am somehow optimistic that that we can overcome this. And I think what will ultimately happen is, like many regulatory um, or or government spec'd kind of initiatives it will be ignored underpinned overlaid whatever they might use the original data source but the interface will likely not be very effective i mean we've seen that over and over and over again but hopefully they can at least provide a data source that allows people to use their adequate tools to to create some transparency so i was triggered i guess you could say (laughs) um and and I let the ports have it, uh, and and you know government in general have it. And I think that this is one thing that we as supply chain professionals need to do is we need to rely on one another. We need to rely on people who really know, not people who are scrambling to save face or scrambling to get votes or scrambling to appease the you know their constituency. Right? We we have to maintain the integrity of being supply chain professionals thinking forward, thinking about the big picture, thinking beyond ourselves and our, you know, our next job and, um, and somehow overcome this government, the governmental enablement and intervention and, and still make this supply chain work. My greatest fear in the back of my mind, which I couldn't even write down was that this could make things worse, not better. Mm, And wow. Um, I can't help but have that concern because, you know, as, as we've seen so many times, these these are often ill thought out, pandering for votes type of type of initiatives um, or saving a job. Right. And and just like the highways, when they are built, they're obsolete by the time they're done. So mm-hmm. this is this is a great concern that I have. And I, I know that we can overcome it, but it's you know, it's definitely something that just. I don't know. It just hit me this morning, and <laughs> well, you know, I was in the mood to speak about it. Actually, I've, I've Scott, I probably erased two thirds of what I wrote because I thought that's 
too damning of an indictment. <laughs> too much gasoline. Got to pull back a little bit. Yeah, well, right. Well, I love, I, I love these summaries that that you put out three or four times a week because it's so much. It's so different than what you see elsewhere. You know, it's not just a reporting or it's not just an accounting of what's taking place. It is. Uh, it's not just infused. It is. It's focuses on the real story and hey this is what you're not getting this is this is what needs to happen this is mm-hmm. um you know and and challenging people uh challenging uh viewpoints challenge whether they're common assumptions or commonly held or maybe they're just in the blind spot so keep it coming keep it coming greg because as we all know back to the topic at hand um it is a huge glaring uh momentous uh, challenging set of circumstances in terms of how the ports operate here. And, and look, we're not taking anything away. There's a bunch of great hardworking folks uh, that, that in many cases, you know, kind of in, in Savannah, kind of in a vacuum, they, they, they operate at a very high level. However, uh, as the pandemic has, has really uh, uh, brought to bear how ports operate elsewhere and the, and the, and the visibility and the information sharing Amongst all the different stakeholders, we've got to we've got to get there, right? And beyond is one of the things I'm hearing you say, Greg. So, well, we did it with the air traffic safety right uh, tool set. It took us five decades, four decades, but we did it, mm, right? I mean, so mm. it can be done. It cannot be done efficiently or effectively without intervention by the government. Unfortunately, I mean, mm. we've proven that over and over and over again, but it can be done and we know it will ultimately, but in the meantime, it causes a a lot of pain. Right. And to your point on these things, look, when we were kids, Scott, we used to get both sides of the story, Mm. right? I was just reading something about Joe Manchin and the, and what the reporter chose to say, uh, because Joe Manchin, I think is not, I think he said he's a no on the build back better bill. And what the reporter chose to say was, Goldman Sachs downloads the or downgrades the growth number in in the economy, the U.S. economy, because of that. What mm. they didn't say was that will also not cost three trillion dollars worth of of taxpayer money over the right. course of the next twenty years. So, I, I what I think we need is more people who to get stories like we used to get them. They would say both of those things in a story. Mm-hmm. Not not I don't like Joe Manchin so I'm going to give this side of the story. They would get they would say these are the facts of the story. Make your own decision, right? Yep. And that's that's what I try to do is give people the facts of the of the, you know, of what's being said or sometimes what's not being said uh, and let them make their own decision, make their own yep. judgment. Trans again, transparency sunshine spotlight that's what's going to help us get through uh some of the greatest challenges that face us now so i love that keep it coming greg uh lamont's gonna get the final word here he says greg i seen you, i saw your post today you're 100 right the government is always behind the civilian sector and they like to reinvent the wheel <laughs> i wish the government would consult with industry professionals before pulling the strings on the future state of supply chain and logistics operations Amen to that you can write that down <laughs> Great. Well said, Lamont. Well said, Lamont. Well said, Greg. And we are 16 minutes over. Hey, we love, we we love these conversations. Greg, I'm glad we, we wrapped on your, um, 
your supply chain summary today. We, we've dropped that link, folks, in the comments. Uh, and if you if you're listening to the replay and you don't have access to the comments, hey, look up Greg White, uh, Greg S. White on LinkedIn, and you'll be able to connect with him there. All right. So, folks, also check out these past episodes. I hope you enjoy them as well as I have. Greg, I'm wishing you and your family, gosh, we're five days away from Christmas Day, all kinds of special holidays uh, right. this time of year. Got New Year's poking its head out around the corner. Um, I'm wishing you and the White household, uh, hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Yeah, thank thank you. And likewise, and and same to you and your crew. Um, you still have to get up at 5.30 in the morning or whenever your kids <laughs> 530. get up. 5.30. 5.30 is sleeping in on Christmas Day in this household, Craig. <laughs> we'll be up at, gosh, probably 4 o'clock between the dogs and the kids. Uh, but, hey, I love it. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change a single thing. I'm going to uh, be interested. This will be the first Christmas that we won't have all of our daughters staying over at the house. They're married off or you know living far <laughs> enough away that they can – uh, they can do that. You know, they'll, they'll come over during the day. So it's going to be really, a really interesting transition, but, um, yeah. And to everyone out there, Merry Christmas, or if your holidays have already passed, um, very early this year, uh, uh, if you celebrate Hanukkah as my, one of my cousins does. Yes. So, um, but yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody out there and enjoy the rest of the week we got a little bit of an early present scott we got three extra football games after <laughs> sunday this week how right? about that the, an, yet another upside of COVID, if you can say such a thing right yeah you gotta look for you gotta look for the silver linings for sure Amen. um all right everybody hope you have a wonderful wonderfully successful close to the year and i hope your new year uh gets off on the right foot uh, you, we will not be with you next Monday. The buzz is taking the 27th of December off, but we'll see you again on January 3rd and at several points in between, between now and then. Wishing you all the best. But, folks, hey, now's the time of year. Hey, especially plan your strategy, now. especially now. Plan your strategy to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And on that note, happy, happy, happy New Year. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.